Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're recording today here in Amiskwichi, Wiskaigan, otherwise known as Edmonton, here in Treaty 6 territory. And this week, we are talking about an idea that is gaining more and more steam, more and more traction. Everyone is talking about it. It's the push for fair, free, truly universal, truly public transit. And on the pod to discuss us with this today is Laura Cruz. Laura is the best part of the Kino Lefter podcast. Well, I mean, we're all uh, we're all socialists here, so I'd say we're all the best together. I know, I know, but I got to gas you up because you're on the <laughs> pod. Uh, Kino Lefter is a great socialist movie podcast. Um, it's really good. You should really listen to it. Uh, Abdul has been on the pod. I think he was like our second or third guest or something, too. Um, yeah, listen to Kino Lefter, definitely. Uh, and we're very lucky to have Laura on the show. She is not just a podcaster. Uh, not just a woman in podcasting. Not just is a protected class. She's also <laughs> an organizer with the Free Transit Edmonton campaign. Also with us today in studio, we have Paige Gorsak. Uh, Paige is an organizer with Climate Justice at Edmonton and is also involved in the Free Transit Edmonton campaign. Hello. Paige and Laura, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Thank you. Okay, so I, I called it, you know, truly public transit, right? Universal, fair, free. But kind of walk me, walk our audience through like what, free transit means and what free transit Edmonton is, is trying to achieve. So I think we're thinking about it as transit freedom, like what is possible for our city uh, for folks to be able to get where they need to go to be able to not just get to work um, or, you know, appointments, but to be able to move where they want to move to see their friends, their family, and do so in a way that is accessible, that is safe, that is easy and functional. Um, and that doesn't cost them hundreds of dollars every year. Yeah, I'd say that our, our core kind of vision right now is that we're looking at creating a more connected, resilient, and just city. So we're looking at the ways that transit serves as a, a place where we can talk about a lot of different issues and really make a, a huge impact on the day-to-day -day lives of uh, so many Edmontonians. And so at the end of the day, what we're talking about is you want to be able to jump on a, on a bus. You want to be able to jump on a train not have to worry about it. It's just a piece of public infrastructure that gets you from point A to point B, and we all pay for it. We all maintain it in common. Yeah, exactly. We want to see um, mass transit as the most reliable and convenient, accessible option for everybody and for people to feel like ownership over this essential public service. And, and you know, paying for things at the, the point of entry, uh, we don't expect that at any other kind of public service. We wouldn't expect that at the doctor's office or, you know, dropping your kids off for school unless, you know, you're what, using the voucher system like now. What, what's the line from that Jackman article? It's like you don't pay to ride the elevator, right? Mm -hmm. or, or you don't pay to ride an escalator in a mall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like really bringing the idea of, of, of a truly public good like back into people's brains. Like I feel like neoliberalism and capitalism over the last 70 years has just like trained us to not think of of public transit as a public good even though public is right in the fucking name right <laughs> yeah i think that um the other thing to think about in terms of this uh idea around um roads are public infrastructure but the vast majority of times they are being built to serve uh, the private interests like car companies and um, um, oil and gas, those kinds of things. And what would it look like if we had a service to traverse those public routes that was completely accessible and completely public? 
Mm -hmm. And we're also thinking about it on a long-term timeline of how folks are going to be mobile going into the future as we face down a climate crisis. Uh, I think it is really important to think about mobility and the reliance that we currently have on cars, the amount of money that we spend to make that easy for folks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that cars also serve as this perfect metaphor for the kind of atomized lives that we live under neoliberal capitalism, because, you know, we're all just getting into our separate little distinct pods that are moving us from our, you know, bachelor apartments to our jobs and then back again, whereas mass transit is this way that we can um, move together um, and, you know, interact with one another a lot more than we currently do. Yeah, and Paige brought up an interesting point, like like getting to the why, right? Um, I think people can conceive of fare-free transit. Like, I mean, I grew up in Calgary. We have a free fare zone in, in downtown Calgary. You just hop on, hop off. You don't even think about it. It's extremely convenient, extremely awesome. But there are like, it's not just about the things you've talked about. I mean, it's it's a climate change issue, right? It's a it's a it's a racial justice issue. There's a reconciliation frame to this social justice. And there's just like straight up economics behind this as well. Like pick one of those out of the air and kind of like walk me through the argument. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I th it's hard to know which one to start with, but honestly, all of them are so relevant. We, we talk about, you know, to go with racial justice, what you mentioned first. We know that in our city, the, the rates of folks who are being ticketed, um, for transit or for fare evasion are predominantly indigenous folks. There is massive over overrepresentation in the tickets that are handed out. Um, you know, to look at stats, a journal uh, report talked about how indigenous folks make up 6% of Edmonton's population and yet make up 43% of the tickets that are that are handed out. Um, and we see that it's it's constant. You talk to individuals and they talk about being profiled as they you know, just walk through the train station. And those tickets are $250 for fare evasion, right? Whereas Absolutely. the fine for a parking ticket, say, in Edmonton is $50 or maybe even less, $35 in some yeah. places. Average 30, 35, sorry. Yeah, wild. Like, like, yeah. like, and it's, it's what, $3.25 to, to pay for a fare and the fine for not having it is $250? Yep. Like, totally. That, that is truly fucked. And I think the uh, the thinking around um, the creation of that kind of very, very high uh, fare is that they don't want people to just use it and then pay for that in lieu of buying a monthly pass. But it's just the fact is, is that putting those barriers up um, creates negative repercussions in terms of, uh, you know, if you don't pay your fare evasion ticket, eventually that becomes a warrant. Yeah. Right. So if you're getting um uh, if you're basically the the effects of these uh, fare evasion tickets snowball and lead to um, increased criminalization, more empowerment of uh, the kind of security apparatus that happens in our city. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and and if we just look at it from a an economic justice perspective, folks living in poverty are the folks who are evading those fares who are then facing these massive tickets, these like next steps of criminalization. And it's, yeah, it's an ongoing perpetual thing. And I think more broadly on the economic side, um, there is uh, mountains of evidence that suggests that um, 
economic mobility is tied very directly to uh, access to reliable transportation. So the more that people can kind of leave um, their uh, isolated communities, if they're kind of out in the outer burbs or something like that, and get to different places where they might be accessing um, different kind of work or the services that they might need, uh, social workers, uh, those kinds of things um, in the center of the city, uh, there's positive repercussions as well as being able to spend more money in the community. Allow me to uh, be a bit of a shitty person and play devil's advocate here. I mean, not not to not to like. Uh, I don't want to actually be devil's advocate, but like in the context of what you were just talking about, right? Some shitty counselor, some shitty bureaucrat could be like, "Well, Paige, uh, there's already a low income transit pass. Sure, sure. Um, why does a low income transit pass suck compared to truly universal public transit?" Well, fun fact, to get that transit pass, the low-income transit pass, you have to pick it up at a rec center. This this is just like very base level, but a wild thing. You have to find a fucking rec center. There's like six total in the city. So say you live centrally. I live centrally. Like where is there? How do I even get there? How do I get there during their open hours? Why do I have to fill out these mountains of paperwork, prove my worth as a person to be able to get on the bus? And that's that's how it's set up. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's... No, there... no, no, you can slam means testing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to like, I'm not yeah. trying to justify no, me yes, being a we... shitty devil's no. advocate here. <laughs> that's only at a, yeah, just as a, a point of interest that it is that fucking difficult to get that pass. But on top of it, we are now again putting up another barrier as Laura talked about these are constant barriers we erect them all the way around around transit this public transit um, and it makes it so folks don't even want to ride it I know so many people who are just like oh I I would ride the bus I feel guilty about not riding the bus and it's just it's it's too much to try and figure it out let alone if you are already facing some of those barriers that related to poverty or yeah, low income. Yeah, totally. And I think that um, going off of what Paige said, the other thing about means testing is that if your cutoff is whatever, 35K, um, say, and you make 36, are you all of a sudden like rolling in dough? No, right? You're you're not me- meeting this arbitrary requirement that somebody has just decided is the cutoff point for you being the deserving poor or not. Um, and it just puts a lot of working people in the situation where um, they're even further made precarious. And making it universal just takes all this, all these steps out of the way. It's good for everybody. It gets rid of the stigma around having to access um, programs and will incentivize uh, transit to be viewed as this essential public good that um, deserves investment and deserves um, everybody uh, working together to make it better. And going off that, you know, you're pointing to ridership and we we know that ridership comes up constantly in the municipal policy conversations of why transit can't be better. Like why, um, you know, they have to keep increasing fares is because ridership is low. But we also know that there are reasons that ridership continues to drop as you hike prices, as you cut services like we're looking at with our transit redesign. It is not incentivizing folks to get on the bus or or want to fit that into their lifestyle or try and make room in their budget for what 1200 bucks a year for their bus pass yeah i mean i love a public transit system that charges me more money every year but provides me shittier service (laughs) not to mention that our fares right now are at 350 which i think is equivalent to toronto that has a much more robust um system with a lot more coverage 
to the point that a lot of people who live in the downtown core don't have cars. It's very rare to hear that. Um, and I'm, I'm one of the people that relies on transit almost exclusively, but there are so many times where I'll have a meeting somewhere and I will be like, I, I literally cannot mm-hmm. um, rely on transit for to get me here. Or I have to be willing to give up four hours of my day to get somewhere that will take me 15 in a cab. Mm. Insane. So you brought this up earlier, uh, Laura. I think it's worth kind of revisiting. Again, I'm going to be the shitty devil's advocate. I'm going to be like, where's your 40-page business plan? Show me the economics of why this Mm -hmm. is a good idea. Yeah, so I think that um, a business plan, first of all, this is a public good. I don't think that we should be even considering it in these like business terms. Um, This is something that will, uh, in the long term, help us to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, You know, the sprawl in Edmonton and Calgary in particular um, have contributed to them becoming the uh, number one and two producers of uh, greenhouse gas emissions per capita in the country. So I think that um, when we're looking at uh, these declarations of climate emergency and all these other things, that's not something that you apply a business plan to. Did we do, didn't Edmonton and declare a climate emergency they did yeah and they have did plans in... to be you know <laughs> carbon neutral by 2050 and we is right. that yeah yep and and there are also um plans to get 50 percent of the cars off the road by then as well so yeah. i mean it, it's a no-brainer but i think that in response to the why don't i have a 40-page business plan or why don't we at free transit have a 40-page business plan we are um looking right now to organize a base of people in the city a base of of transit riders and have them become a an important um person to uh, consult or important group to consult and um be a, a force of power in the city and um i think that the city itself the city has an administration for the sake of looking into these things for the sake of figuring these things out and i think that it's unfair to demand of a bunch of um you know, activists who are giving their their time and labor and their own money <laughs> to uh, come up with all the answers when the answers exist all over the place and they have people at the city who are paid to do that. And they work for us. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's a, a great segue into Free Transit Edmonton, right? Like this is a group, it's new, it's it's getting off the ground now. You've got buttons. I got, I got a button, I'm wearing it right now. Um, and it's Free Transit Edmonton. It's not Free Transit YEG. I just want to clarify. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not about that social media hashtag bullshit. It's about building real power. Yeah, I think that uh, the airport uh, sign. We we actually were originally Free Transit YEG, but. And I think uh, one of our, our hashtag might still be Free Transit It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're on the Twitter and you're talking about it, it's a good hashtag. I'm just saying uh, the name of the campaign is not Free Transit YEG. Free or, Transit Egg. <laughs> it's like a shit post. But, but it is. I mean, this is an organization that, or a, a, you know, a proto organization, a group of people who are gathering regularly. And the goal is, as, as you said, to build power, right? And it's mm-hmm. about being able to put pressure on on the city to get your end goal right which is free transit like it's in the fucking name Mm -hmm. free and good yeah that's our that's the thing that we always want to hammer home we can't be talking about just making the fares free and keeping things as is this is a a long-term project looking at investment in this service and with that you know we're not just looking at it from an economic justice lens it's not just about the the cost it is about all of the ways that folks deserve to have mobility in their city um, that need to be anti-racist, that need to be free from violence, that need to be in line with our climate goals. Like these are, free transit 
is the the name but it's not just about that that cost it is about so much more than that i mean it is a bit of a of a like a MacGuffin, right? It solves a lot of problems, mm-hmm. um, especially if we actually build a transit system that is like good and that people want to ride. Like, what is that stupid quote about how like the sign of a healthy society is when rich people ride the bus or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but it is true. Like, I think of you know the amount of investment in the city to parking lots and parking, and there was that whole big Twitter fight a couple years ago. Was it David Staples, and he really wanted all the parking lots? Course, <laughs> Whatever. But you know, like we 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 know that a good city is one where folks are wanting to get around, wanting to be in different areas, are able to get there, are able to take their kids there, are able to get there as a a senior, a person with mobility issues. It's just it's it can't be. Um, yeah, a service that we forget about. And don't let me stop you from insulting David Staples. This is this, <laughs> this is a David Staples in, insult podcast. Um, but David Staples, drop your location. I'm getting on the bus right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the other thing that so this this debate is I mean, Free Transit Edmonton is is organizing. They're starting to push this out into the world, but it's already kind of we've already had some proto arguments around this, right? We've mm-hmm. got uh, Councillor Aaron Paquette here in Edmonton has brought up free transit as a concept. I think he had administration look into it. Administration essentially gave him the jerk off motion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my analysis of it. Um, <laughs> but, it, and Aaron Pickett also tried to bring up free transit on election day for the federal election. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was mm-hmm. shut down in Edmonton. However, Edmonton was shown up by, uh, the cities of Fort McMurray, uh, Lethbridge, Red Deer, as well as a number of BC communities like uh, the Cowichan and Comox Valley and Nanaimo had free transit on election day. Yeah. Edmonton, for some reason, what, the fifth or sixth largest city in the country was like, ah, actually, nah, never mind. I think that uh, why city council, and this is my analysis of why city councillors didn't vote for that is because there's been this rumbling of free transit. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically didn't want to open that door so their official excuses it would cost like i don't know one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that um which to me as an individual person yeah it's a lot of money but when we're talking about infrastructure projects on the scale of billions in the city it is absolute pennies well well, what do we spend on uh i know one of jim's favorite subjects fireworks every year oh fuck i'm so (laughs) curious tell us (laughs) no i don't have the number in front of me but it's more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or whatever we would have spent on free transit for one day for all of edmonton or and you know what fireworks are nice but i do think that there are so many things we spend so much money on like how much money do we give daryl Kate's fuck face. I don't yeah. know. It's so much money every year. I was doing some some reading on this and uh so um when they put in the ice district in the center of downtown, obviously pushing out um, lots of folks from the center of the city uh, in favor of this, you know, glittering temple to um, the the oily boys, um, they uh, they uh, made a sweetheart deal with the Cates Group that, in lieu of property taxes, they would pay a rent of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That is millions of dollars. Oh, for the next thirty five years so if you consider how little two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is over the scale of 35 years this is peanuts to a literal billionaire and in calgary when they did the uh, similar deal with um i always want to say murray bookchin but it's not murray edwards, murray edwards. <laughs> google him <laughs> Um, when they did a similar deal to at the same time as cutting sixty million dollars out of their uh, municipal budget, um, they uh, 
have have I'm 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 so curious as to what is going to be resulting out of this because they didn't even publicize what what the amount they're taking out is. So I bet you it's it is bad. going to look horrendous <laughs> compared to what uh, they're doing. And and this is the power of these of these billionaires in in our cities because they'll just basically threaten, oh, we're going to take the flames out of Calgary if you don't give us these things. And they have so much power and control and we really need to ask ourselves who is this city for is this city for daryl cates no it is for all of us and that is the thing that we should be insisting on at every opportunity and insisting on with our city councilors right i mean let's put city council edmonton city council on notice right like the idea that you're not going to be able to get away from the concept of free transit we will be bringing it up whether it's free transit on election days or free fare zones like calgary already has or just free fucking universal public transit the fact that this campaign exists and that you're working with with a group of folks working together to kind of build power around this idea is um really incredible really makes me happy um one thing that I think is worth bringing up is that this is part of a wider struggle, right? Like this is not just happening in Edmonton. This is happening around North America, around the world. And uh, just recently, I think we had an, an, a news story come out of Kansas City, that the city of Kansas City, I think 600,000 people in the proper city, 2 million in the, in the metro, were getting free transit. Mm-hmm. We've got, and that's pretty comparable to Edmonton, so that's going to be really interesting to watch develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then we've also got bigger American cities, like huge American cities like Boston and Atlanta, starting the process of talking about free transit, too. You've got you know, leftists everywhere, like through however they get their news, getting news of this, sharing it, distributing it through your networks. You know, uh, James Wilt, the writer, has a book coming out, mm-hmm. not specifically about free transit, about transit in general, but I know free transit is going to be a big, huge part of it, right? This is a, a narrative that's gaining momentum. Momentum. Definitely. And I think that um, people are using the free transit uh, model to also talk about other issues. So, for example, in New York City, there was this really horrific video of um, a suspected um, fair evasion by a young black teen boy um, and the the very violent arrest of him. And that caused this this outra- out- uproar and this outrage Um that people were able to connect, you know, over policing and criminalization and violence um, that is like continually perpetuated on black people in the States and Canada um, to this issue of um, uh, free transit, right? If the transit was free, it would take um, that out of the equation. It would make things safer for um, uh, transit operators as well, because most assaults that happen on transit operators are due to um, fare disputes. Yeah, I mean, let's take a minute to talk about that. I mean, I, I believe there was an announcement just today. You were telling me that the the Amalgamated Transit Union National in Canada has come out in support of fare-free public transit. That's pretty fucking huge. Yeah, I think that more and more folks are realizing that it is, <clears throat> it's a win. It's a win for workers. It is a win for individuals, particularly for workers. If we're thinking about, you know, cities that are going to be connected um, into the future beyond our current climate crisis, we're going to need transit operators. Like this is a thing that they can get on board with. It's not about cutting driver jobs. It's actually about increasing them. It's actually about guaranteeing them. And that goes for workers across industries that are connected to transit. And if you're a bus driver, do you really give a shit whether someone 
like has a ticket or is dropping three dollars and twenty five cents into the fucking bucket or not. Like three fifty, Duncan. Three fifty. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I just buy the I just I just buy the ticket the packs. Yeah. Um, and speaking specifically of um, of Edmonton in this in this kind of worker justice um, conversation, uh, there the city is also looking at in addition to their redesign where they're consolidating a lot of the community routes into more frequent service on the major routes. This will impact the ways that people are able to get to their neighborhood bus stop so um whereas it used to be you know a two-minute walk to get to a bus stop it's now going to be you know 10 blocks and they're looking at solutions to this which bring in privatization so they're looking at this first kilometer last kilometer um model where they bring in this public-private partnership into um you know fill in the gaps on these routes rather than than having it as the um, in the public infrastructure all the way through. Yeah, like paying Uber to get people to a bus station or yep. whatever, right? Yep. And, and and that's that was on the table, and we fought against that with the transit union here in Edmonton a couple years ago, and people did not fucking like it. People did not like the idea of privatizing public transit. And the fact that, like, Iveson and this kind of, this council that we have in Edmonton is so gung-ho on this, like, terrible idea is um is is quite shocking and and gives uh, motivation to not only you know free transit Edmonton but anyone listening to this podcast that like this next municipal election is actually going to fucking matter mm-hmm. and uh, it's an opportunity to have uh, a, a city council here in Edmonton that is not shitty. And I mean, even just to to go off that, Duncan, like thinking about the folks that that impacts that first kilometer, last kilometer, like if you, you know, we are talking one of the partners or one of our partners for this campaign is SALT, the Seniors Action and Liaison Team. Um, And they got in touch with us looking at the the rates for seniors passes that are going up on February 1st that are tripling their annual pass uh, in cost and their pass for monthly is also going up. And so for those folks, they're looking at not only like a triple in the cost that it, uh, you know, the cost for them to take transit, but also now walking 10 blocks to get to that bus. Like how does that become, you know, how does that serve anyone? And it just means you're stuck at home, really. I mean, it, that that is the, the last mile, first mile stuff uh, with regards to this, specifically the city of Edmonton is fucked up and we definitely got to keep an eye on it. But the broader conversation here is is interesting and ongoing, right? And and we had a, a public figure here in Canada who I think is kind of growing in stature and, and his platform is growing, Matthew Green. He's in... Um, NDP MP from Hamilton, Ontario. He's on the free transit bandwagon. He had a he had a, a shareable graphic that went around recently mm-hmm. that was everywhere, uh, kind of in leftist circles for like a week or two. And and I'll I'll read the quote and I'll kind of get give some of the the stats that are attached to it. So quote publicly funded free transit is not a radical idea. We already publicly fund transit. We just underfund it, and fares make up the difference. Free transit just means properly funding public transit with public money, and we get it by taxing the rich. Then we can eliminate fares for everyone, massively reducing carbon emissions, congestion, and the cost of living. Uh, go off, King. <laughs> so um, I think that uh, um, there's a there's a union in Toronto. Um, it's QP. I think thirty might be wrong on that. They work. Uh, they're the electrical workers on the uh, Toronto Transit Commission, the TTC, and uh, they put out a release about their support of um, free transit, where they called fares. Uh, a tax on the working class. Mm. And I think that that's exactly right. Because if we're looking at um, this underfunded service and we're, we're seeing that, you know, it, 
at any point, as, as soon as a government starts underfunding a public service, the costs don't just disappear. They just get downloaded back on to um, individuals. And um, that's just not acceptable. And we've got a graphic here, too, that, that actually lays out how much each city is paying in fares versus public funding. Edmonton, 39% of the public transit funding comes from fares. Calgary, 50% of the money comes from fares, which blows my mind. Um, like Montreal, 46. Winnipeg, 60. Ottawa, 45. So, like, they're all kind of in that range. Matthew Green is right. Like, we are underfunding public transit. We're making up the difference with fares. Of our public service you know this is a it is a public service we have other public services and you you don't pay for them and we're moving towards that you know public libraries you don't have to pay for a library card in edmonton come on down (laughs) (laughs) but other other services we've already talked about them elevators whatever there are they're public for a reason and the more we push towards privatization the more of a problem we have for all of our community members and it's something that we need to push back against yeah, I mean, the other part of, of, I mean, the very bottom of Matthew Green's um, uh, meme or shareable graphic here is government already pays for transit. If we actually taxed the rich, we could have free transit. And that, like, class war stuff, I mean, I am definitely here for it. And, and yeah, like, I think anyone who takes transit is much closer to, <laughs> um, I don't know, like, the people who they are riding transit with than any, like, r- fucking millionaire. And, and building solidarity amongst each other I mean, and it is a common experience. It is like the commons, right? And and I'm grateful that, you know, Free Transit Edmonton is actually starting to have those conversations. In Alberta, we have the greatest wealth inequality in the country. We have, um, you know, the top 1% makes more than the bottom 50%, like by a lot. And it's just like, we should be doing everything in our power to um, rectify this situation because it has far reaching effects. And you know, investment in public transit also means that in the long run, we can look at the ways that we are, um, you know, diversifying our economy away from oil and gas, which is the sunset industry. It's just the facts. Right. So I think that, um, when we look at things like how much the oil and gas companies are not paying in their municipal taxes all across um, the country, if we look at you know the sweetheart deals that are being given out to these billionaire bloodsuckers that are taking um, funding out of municipal uh, lines, then we can clearly see that this is an issue of class warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so many interest groups that are put above average citizens, you know, whether it is... Yeah, whether it is oil and gas or whether the it Chamber is... Chamber of Commerce. Com- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, uh, you know, the developers, the CFIB, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, pick your the, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And uh, we know that those are going to be our opponents in this push, but we also know that there are a million citizens in Edmonton, folks who want to be able to get around and who are already pissed. People are already pissed about transit in Edmonton, and that's something that we all know. Like, they're, I don't think that you could go on Twitter or on any kind of social media not see someone complaining about the bus and yeah we're not here to say like yeah it's great now but we are here to say that you deserve it to be better and you deserve it to be cheaper and in fact for it to be free yeah no i think that's a fantastic way to end it uh it's that time of the show where people get to uh, plug their pluggables and talk about how people can find you online Laura, what do you want to push here? I mean, Free Transit Edmonton, but also your podcast, probably. 
Yeah, I mean, you can definitely check out uh, Kino Lefter. Uh, we're a socialist podcast that talks movies. We have a uh, weekly free episode and then one that's behind uh, a paywall that is actually less than the fa- than a fare on the ETS uh, per month. Mm-hmm. So it's great value. You can't uh, can't beat that. And um, but yeah, really. I want to say that we're really hard at work um, on Free Transit Edmonton and uh, follow us on Twitter. We're there at Free Transit Yeg, Y-E-G, and uh, our website should be coming soon. Yeah, early February. Um, yeah, Paige, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Paige Gorsak, G-O-R-S-A-K. And then I would also just uh, throw in a plug for Climate Justice Edmonton. So this campaign is is a campaign under the CJE banner. So for folks who yeah want to stay up to date, you can follow us at CJ Edmonton on Twitter, also on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere, all the ways. And, and if people want to get involved with Free Transit Edmonton, what's the best way to get a hold of you or the campaign? So you can um, definitely email us at freetransitedmonton at gmail.com. Um, right now, we're in the process of getting ready for a transit week. So if you want to get take part in the transit week challenge, we're going to be uh, announcing that pretty soon. That's going to run from February 17th to 22nd, where we challenge um, all our city councillors to take uh, transit for a week so that we can um, bring up issues of the underfunding and the ways that the service could be improved. And we are opening the, uh, that up to absolutely everyone in the city to take part and share their stories of how transit is impacting them. So, Duncan, you going to ride the bus during that Transit Week Challenge? Yes. Well, so <laughs> no. Email me. Hit me up on Facebook. I mean, I usually I walk to work with, with my dog, Bruce. Who, shout go. out to Bruce. He's in the corner there having a nap. <laughs> but um, no, thanks Free so much. Free transit mu- is also for dogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we need dogs to talk on the about bus. dogs on the bus. I know that you can have a dog on the TTC and, the, you know, saw the pictures. Like dog dog in, in an Ikea bag. Dog in a bag? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we, we will bring that up if that is something that's of interest to you. So, but yeah, for for serious, if you want to get involved, you can reach out to us uh, by email and also watch our website will be up in early February. And that's going to have all the ways, whether, you know, you have deep pockets and, you know, want to support us uh, or whether you want to be organizing on the ground or whether you just have thoughts about free transit and, and why it matters to you. Yeah, it's a people power movement. Get involved. If, if you like this idea, give these folks uh, an email and, and definitely get in touch with them. Also, if you like this podcast and you want to hear more of them, uh, one of, there's a lot of things you can do to support us. One of the You can do the easy things first, you know, share our content. Like uh, I know Laura is going to be sharing this podcast after it's live, uh, like a good podcaster. But, <laughs> but um, you know, one other thing that really helps us is uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Giving, uh, leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts is actually really helpful. It really like matters to their stupid algorithm. So if you can take the time, two minutes, to just be like, yo, this show is awesome on Apple Podcasts, that really does mean a lot. The other thing that really matters a lot to us is money. Uh, if you like this podcast, you want to keep hearing it, join the 250 other folks who help keep this independent media project going. You can go to theprogressreport.ca slash patrons, put in your credit card, become a monthly donor. We would really appreciate it. Also, if you have any notes, thoughts, comments, things you think I need to hear about, uh, I'm on Twitter at Duncan Kinney, and you can reach me by email at Duncan K at progressalberta.ca. Thanks so much to Cosmic Family Communist for the amazing theme. Thanks again to Paige and Laura for coming on the show. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Did you know that Progress Alberta is part of a national community of leftist podcasts on the Ricochet Podcast Network? You can find the Alberta Advantage, 49th Parallel, Kino Lefter, Well Reds, 
the progress report, Leafy Sales, Out of Left Field, and Unpacking the News, as well as a bunch of other awesome podcasts at Ricochet Media or wherever you download your podcasts.